Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the question, America, why a symbol of civil and religious liberty? We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland, in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music. Above all friends, he'll never. 
America, why a symbol of civil and religious liberty? We will discuss this subject tonight with Elder Ray Ricardo. Have a pen and paper ready beside you to write down some notes. Let's now call Elder Ricardo and see if he's available. Hello, good evening. Elder DiCarlo, you are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening, Elder DiCarlo? I'm fine, thank you, John. Fine, praise the Lord. Glad to hear so. Well, Elder, tonight we will be discussing these questions together. How did America rise into becoming a nation? Which people were instrumental in forming America? Why did they want America? to be a land of civil and religious liberty? Will America always be true to its founding principles? And when did modern America come into being? So, Elder DiCarlo, before we start our discussion tonight, should we have a word of prayer together, please? Hmm. Our Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for the privilege we have to come together to study to meditate, to think upon the sacred things that you have for us. 
and ask a blessing upon our time together as we um, take up this very important subject of religious liberty, particularly in relation to the United States of America and how it all came to pass. And so we're asking for guidance and blessings now. Pour out, I pray, the Spirit of the Lord upon us, and may the angels of God go before us. Thank you once again for everything. And it's in the name of your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCardo, how did America rise into becoming a nation? Well, you know, let's take a look at that, John, because really, frankly, when you look at the history of this, it's not um, um, a particular event. It's rather a series of events, and it spans uh, really quite uh, a period of time. But but first, for our listeners, let's go to Revelation 13 quickly. And let's look here at verse 11, Revelation 13, verse 11. This is describing the second beast of of um, of this of this chapter and and this of course uh, this beast power is referring to the United States of America. I want you to listen to the, the description that he gives. And it says this. Now this verse here, by the way, just for our listeners, is broken up into two sections. And um, uh, well, actually, technically three. Yes. Uh, but let's look at this. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. So that's phase one. Phase two, of course, he had two horns like a lamb. And phase three, as he spake, as a dragon. But let's let's focus on the fact that he says, I beheld another beast coming up. And it's very fascinating when you look at the history of the United States in relation to um, uh, this particular uh, prophecy we're referring to. Because when you look at that verse in that first part, and you then really kind of dovetail that into the 12th chapter. Yes. Of, of Revelation, uh, because Revelation 12 spans uh, the, the really, the, as we talked about last week, you know, the inception of Christianity from the time of the birth of Christ all the way to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is really covering, you know, about 2,000 years yes. uh, 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 of history. And in that relationship, you'll find the development of, of uh, the, really, the um, history of America. And let me explain what I mean when I say that. If you'll notice with me in in Revelation 13, when we looked at the second beast, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, unlike the first beast who came out of the sea. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you look at Daniel 7, the first four beasts came up out of the sea. So what do waters represent in Bible prophecy? Well, Revelation chapter 17, 15 very, makes it very clear that that represents the multitudes of people. So what do we have here? When you look at this concept of the beast coming up out of the earth, it represents really, uh, unlike the seas, which represents the multitude of people in the old world, the earth is the opposite of the sea. And so what do you have is a, a few people occupying the new world. So um, uh, so this beast would arise not in the old world like Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, pagan Rome, papal Rome. Instead, you have to go west. you got to look further west. And yes. by the way, if you look at the uh, a geographical map and you lay out the kingdoms of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, pagan Rome, papal Rome, it's heading westward. Not, not east, yes. not north, not south. It's heading west. And what's fascinating is when you look at the prophecy, the prophecy continues to – to tell you to go west. In other words, when you look at this concept of coming up out of the earth, 
So this second beast power cannot arise in the old world. He has to rise in the new. Well, how did it happen? Well, let me just give you a quick outline of the 12th chapter of Revelation. All right, let's look at this just in a, 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 a rough um, outline here. For, yes. Well, if you look for, uh, at the at the uh, chapter, when you do is this, you break it down into centuries. For example, if you take the last 2,000 years from the time of the birth of Christ to the present day, uh, or at least to the time of the development of the rise of the United States, here's what you have. For the first three centuries— uh, of Christianity. What do you have? You have the birth of Christianity and its growth, and it's relatively pure at this point in time. At the, Then you go to the fourth and fifth centuries, and what happens? You start to get the paganization of Christianity. The Gnostics and other groups start to infiltrate, and you start to see compromises beginning to take place. Yeah. Then you go from the fifth century to the, about the 13th century. This is classified by historians to be the Dark Ages. Uh, or the medieval ages and so forth. And so this is a period of, of not just apostasy, but this is utter darkness. The word of God is taken away. Persecution breaks out. Uh, this is the birth of papal supremacy in AD 538. Remember Justinian's decree goes yes. was issued in 533. It was uh, put into effect in 538. And so you start to see this really going on. Now it's during this time, uh, that you see the woman fleeing into the wilderness there in verse 6 of Revelation 12. So you have read here now, you've got all this period going on. Then you go on, you keep marching down, and you got the 14th and 15th century. Now when you're looking at this period of time, what do we have? We have the age of the Renaissance. This is the yes. age of revival of art and literature. Uh, the publication, the printing press is invented, you know, Gutenberg Bible and so forth. So what happens once the printing press is invented? I mean, publications start to go. By the way, what's very fascinating about this particular period is what really ushered on their age of the Renaissance. Yes. Well, what happened is most people don't realize that this is the time when you have the rise of Islam sweeping from from the the North Africa and, and parts of the uh, which we, the, the Middle East of the uh, Persia and that area and, and, and sweeping north into Europe. Well, what happened was at that point in time, many of the ancient manuscripts that uh, of the Bible and, and very classical literature, much of the really uh, early publications or printing or um, excuse me, the uh, uh, written manuscripts of of uh, of antiquity, the, because the uh, the well, uh, I'm trying to say professors, teachers, and 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 scholars and others who were dearly uh, uh, wanted to protect these manuscripts, they didn't want them to fall into the hands of the uh, of the uh, is uh, you know Islam because uh, they were destroying anything that yes. was really uh, uh, antithetical to their beliefs. So these manuscripts, along with these teachers, fled fled towards the West. And so this is what sparked the age of, of the Renaissance, age of learning, the age of uh, art and so forth. Well, once that happened, it then kicked in the age of exploration. It was during this time, the Christopher Columbus, 1492, what does he discover? He discovers the West Indies, opens the door to the discovery of, of North, South, and Central America. Now, remember, Columbus is exploring um, and he believes he's doing the will of God. And by the way, if you go back and look at Christopher Columbus's life, 
Uh, he was a very godly man who, who maybe in you know in some ways obviously misguided. That's okay. I mean, you know, I'm not here to criticize you know uh, him at this point. This is not the lecture about his life. However, I do believe God used this man greatly to bring about a, a discovery that God intended. Because remember, the earth helped the woman. The yes. earth is going to be the means by which America will arise. It's not in the old world. It's in the new world. But the new world cannot take place until someone discovers it. And so here you have in the 14th and 15th century, the, the age of Renaissance, the age of exploration, the revival of art, literature, and discovery. So what happens? So this continues to develop and grow. Well, once this goes and develops, it, it, it's, it's uh, as we say, it lets the cat out of the bag. Because along with these manuscripts and these and these rare texts from the East that came to the West, among them were the ancient Bible texts. Yes. They're known as the, the, the receipt was later developed into the received text, what became as the received text or the Eastern text. These are superior Greek manuscripts to that of the Western text. And so what happened? Now you come to the 16th, 16th century. This is, of course, in English history, the Tudor reigns. And it's during this time, Martin Luther, men like Martin Luther, I should say, in 1517, nails the 95 Thesis. And from this, the great Protestant Reformation begins. And so you have the age of religious liberty. So that's yes. during the 16th century. Well, then the continu it continues the 17th century. Now we have the reigns of the Stuarts, James I, Charles I, Charles II, James II. By the way, all four were tyrants. Um, and, uh, and nonetheless, the stewards were persecutors of the, of, of, uh, the Protestants and, yes. uh, and the, particularly the group known as the nonconformists or the, or the dissenters also known as the Puritans, the Brownists and so forth. So these people began to rise up and because they had embraced the Protestant reformation and they wanted to continue the reformation. And so they tenaciously fought for civil liberties as well as religious liberties, not just religious liberties, yes. because under the Puritans in other Cromwell's revolution of the 1640s, they developed a concept known as what was developed to mean the birth of Republicanism, Republican form of government where the government answers to the people. And so from that, you have the first phase of kicking in a revolution within civil liberties. Then 40-something years later, William and Mary, the glorious revolution of 1688 and 89, the birth of the English Bill of Rights in 1688, or excuse, excuse me, 1689. Yes. And so what happens here? Now you have a continuation of that of that revolution, of that, of that birth of, of republicanism. Now, during this period, during this period, you had people fleeing to uh, the British colonies in North America. Yes. They are coming from all over Europe, particularly England, Scotland, and they are flooding over because they're trying to find freedom. So this now continues. Now we come to the 18th century. And what happens in the 18th century? Well, in the 18th century, under the reign of George III, the, well, actually, it goes even before that, his father, George II, and yes. so forth. But the point being is that you have now in the English colonies in North America a great time of, uh, of uh, perplexity over the issue of taxation and representation and so forth. So there's many other issues that go along with this, but then begins it finally in 1776, the Declaration of Independence. 
and the that you have the commencement of the American Revolution, and thus you have eventually the birth of the United States in 1781. The uh, Yorktown is uh, is taken, um, yes. and uh, George Washington defeats Cornwallis. Uh, two years later, the uh, British sign a treaty with the American colonies, and now America, the colonies become independent. And uh, and so then that's 1783, 1788, uh, 1787 and 88, they form a constitutional convention. They write a, 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 a form a government, a constitution. Yes. They uh, George Washington in 1789 is I am convinced without a shadow of doubt, because if you look at prophecy, there's not another nation to rise up that continue to continue the work of God on this earth. Yes. So what does that tell you? It tells you that America is the last bastion of religious and civil liberties. Amen. In other words, it is this country that God has raised up for a divine purpose, and that is to help launch the finishing of the work of God and the proclamation of the three angels' message and prepare people for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, listeners, you've had a comprehensive sweep through history from Elder DiCardo. He's given you all the fundamental aspects that you need to study and understand. And he's laid it down simply that in his study and in my study, we both believe that the hand of God has been seen in history and it's all been to preserve his truth, as Elder Ricardo has said, from the east to the west. Okay, and, um, and this is what tonight's show is about. It's we're bringing to you the reasons why America is a symbol of civil and religious liberty upon this earth. Now, Elder Ricardo, um, you had introduced this matter but now, as we move on, which people were instrumental in forming America? Well, again, if you go back and look at the progression, if you start to look and understand the historical context of what was taking place, unfortunately, is when you, like I say, when you get to the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, yes. people are under, God's people are under serious, serious persecution. This is the time in, in Revelation 12, verse six and 14 they're fle they're fleeing into the wilderness they they yes. have got to find some means by which to escape this persecution um this is the time of the inquisition um and the people like the waldensians yes. who are apostolic by the way i just want to make one uh, thing clear about the waldensians yes. the waldensians did not originate in the 12th century this is a myth it's a complete lie fabricated by the church of rome in order to distinguish herself from the Waldensians in that Rome claims she's apostolic in origin, yes, right. which we know is not true. But the Waldensians actually are apostolic in their yes. origin. Yes. 
Now that's a fact. So the Waldensians did not begin their 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 journey with Peter Waldo. Okay, this is a myth. This is a complete fabrication. Uh, they they originated from the apostles and they and and then progressed forward. But so you have the people like the Waldensians, the Albigensians, the people like the Picards, the Paulians. You've got others who like the 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 uh, Huguenots who would later come, and so forth and so on. The Lollards and the Hussites, etc. All these people during the Dark Ages, fought tenaciously for freedom. Well, they went from place to place. You find, for example, some of them fleeing into northern Germany once Germany was liberated from papal supremacy. Then when that became too dangerous for them, they fled, uh, some fled over into Switzerland. And then when that became maybe a a place where they all couldn't go, they fled to Holland. And, And when that wasn't safe a place, they fled to England. When that wasn't a safe haven anymore well they had to find a place so god was preparing america the land for the free yes in order that they might exercise their conscience both in civil matters as well as in religious matters primarily religious of course but remember as i said before religious and civil liberties cannot be separated civil liberties are the defensive means by which you protect your religious liberties once civil liberties are gone then your religious liberties have, has nothing by which you can defend yourself. Uh, and so, so they fled to North America and to the Americas, uh, Central and South America, yes. but mainly North America. And so they, they found their, a haven there. Well, who were these people, though? So let's analyze these people. Now, I'm going to show something to, to, to some uh, of, of our listeners. Yes. They probably have never fathomed the concept at all. But I'm going to show you who these people were from the book of Daniel. And I want you to look at Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to show you something now. Most people just do not consider these things, but I want to show you something. How God knew from the beginning how that God was not caught off guard. God, Nothing takes God by surprise. And that if we'll just study the Bibles the way in which he told us to study the scriptures, we wouldn't be left, uh, as we say, uh, high and dry. So look with, with, with me here, Re- Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to look down here at verse 8. He's talking about the fourth beast, and then he looks yes. at the little horn, and he says, this beast had ten horns. Now, this is what it says. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Now, th- notice very clearly there are ten horns. So yes. these ten horns came up as a result after the uh, the fourth beast, right? And so we keep going down and we look here in Daniel chapter 7, and then we go to verse 24, because now at this point, Daniel wants an explanation. What is it that he saw? He wants to know. And so now Gabriel's going to explain to him. He says, the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And so he explains these ten tribes these 10 of course you have the you have the elemeni the, the anglo-saxons the franks the visigoths the lombards the 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 uh, the, the 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 suevi etc so you have these particular groups of people well, well who are these people where did they come from they didn't just they didn't just fall out of the sky they had to come from somewhere yes. and so where did they come from they came out of the north the northern region of of europe what we now call europe they were they are known as germanic tribes yes. now what do we mean germanic well ger- g- germanic germany germanic right they're germany so what do you have you have people in that region which is now we understand to be german in that in that area in that northern region 
these Germanic tribes swooped down onto yes. the Roman Empire as it was coming to an end and put an end to these uh, to the Roman Empire uh, and and establish what now we now to know Western Europe. The, you know, was the Franks became the French, the Anglo-Saxons, the English, and so the, the the Lombards, the Italians, and Suevi, Switzerland, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what? what, what so. Who are the Germanic people? Well, we know who the English are. We know who the French are. We know, you know, various things. But most yes. people don't go all the way back. Anglo-Saxons are Germanic people. The, Fr the French people are Germanic people. Uh, the, the Swiss, the Italians, the Spain, the, the, you know, the Visigoths, they're all Germanic origin in, tr yes. in terms of the, uh, where they came from. So who were the Germanic people? One of the very interesting characteristics about Germanic people is that they were tenacious about individual freedom. Yes. They also believed everyone had a right to protect their, themselves against a tyrant, uh, and thus they believed that you should be armed. In other words, you should have the means by which to protect yourself in order that uh, you may protect your home and your family against a intruder. So these people, the spirit, now listen very carefully, the spirit of these Germanic people would later develop into modern or Western Europe. And from these people would develop Protestantism, yes. Protestant Christianity. The spirit of, of, of the ancient Germanic tribes was the spirit of individual liberty, the right, I will be free. You're not going to tell me I can't be free. Yes. And so they, this spirit spilled over into the Protestants and the Protestants who fought tenaciously for freedom, both civil and religious liberty, in order to find a haven of rest, searched throughout Europe. But Europe was, had been for centuries a bloodbath of persecution from yes. one tyrant to another. And I don't need to remind you, John, you, you know far better than me regarding the nature of England's history, how that the Scots and the, and the, and the English and, yes. the, and the Irish and the English and the Welsh and the English and so forth, they all butchered each other. Yes. I mean, they, they all went after each other to, 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 for their own uh, reasons, for, and it could be various reasons, religious mainly, but there's other uh, reasons, no question about it. However, though, these people fled to America, or what was then, of course, uh, there were just colonies. They were not wasn't what we know to be now the United States, but they fled to the uh, the continent of North America, and there they found haven of rest. Now there were people in in terms of the ethnic groups, the Germanic tribes. That's the origin. Well, what were they religiously? Predominantly, ninety nine percent of those people were were Protestant Christians, not Christians. Listen very carefully. Why yes. I'm saying these things the way I do. When we speak of Christianity in terms of Christians in general, we think of it in two categories. There's only two categories. Well, I guess I could use to modern day terms as well. So there's three. There's there is Protestant Christianity. There's Evangelical Christianity, and then there's Roman Catholic Christianity. Yes. These people were not evangelical, nor were they Roman Catholic. They were Protestant. And uh, as a matter of fact, some historians uh, said they were Protestants who fought against Protestantism. Now, what does that mean when they say that? See, these people were so tenacious, so tenacious for standing for the Bible, for the truth, that they took on even their own churches, if those churches they found to be compromising, such as the Puritans. Right. Remember, who were the Puritans originally? They were Anglicans. 
Yes. And, and, and the, but eventually they woke up to the realization, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Anglican Church is falling apart. It's becoming more Roman Catholic and more Roman Catholic every time, every day. And so they said, no, enough. We're dissenting. We're dissenting against this apostasy. We want to purify the church. And thus they got the name Puritans. And so these these are the people that fled to America. And yes. America, by the way, just to remind once again our, our, our English listeners in the UK, I want to remind every one of you that the spirit of America, that when we talk about the spirit of America, the spirit of liberty, freedom, yes. the the rights, did not originate with us we are simply uh, the the repositories of 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 those who have gone before we have inherited this spirit from your forefathers yes sadly sadly you as well as the continent of europe has forgotten those rights that they derived those rights from god and not from the church nor the state uh, so, uh, so this is who came to America. They were people who were persecuted. They were the Baptists, the Anabaptists, the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians. They were the people who, who, uh, from, from the independent, you know, the Puritans and the, uh, the, the Waldensians fled as well. Yes. We know the Huguenots came here. We know they came from all walks of life from all over and they fled to this country in groves. 99% thereabouts uh when the american revolution began was uh protestant yes and the founding of this nation was built on protestant theology yes well thanks elder Ricardo, once again for answering that question comprehensively for the listeners and i do hope and pray that people will listen to this, this recording and to do their own research and especially those of us who are here in England as Aldo Ricardo has said that we would understand our history and why our laws were set up as they were and how the spirit of Protestantism had moved basically from here to America and it can help people to understand the reason why America was set up in the first place. Mm. So, um, and I would also encourage listeners to, to, whilst they can study history through places like Oxford, sorry, um, Oxford and Cambridge libraries and, and all the main libraries here, there's a massive information here. Thankfully, our history hasn't been effaced fully from these islands. But as time goes on, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to find original sources. So um, the evidence is out there. The evidence is out there. Elder Ricardo has just been laying the foundations and, and explaining the who's and the why's and the what's and the where's to us about why America has been formed and who formed it and why. Now, we wonder why. Why did they those who fled to America want it to be a land of civil and religious liberty. All right, look, let's go back into Daniel chapter 7. Again, let's keep our eyes on, on, on what God has indicated here. Look what he says here, and I'm going to show you this because we're going to go right from here to Revelation 12. Yes. So Daniel chapter 7, let's look here now, verse 21, Daniel seven twenty-one. Look what it says here. Talk, now again, this is uh, Gabriel explaining the vision to Daniel. He needs to understand what he saw 
And this is where he picks up in verse 20. And I beheld the same horn made war. Now, notice the language, war with the saints and prevailed against them. All right. So very clear language that that, that this little horn, who is the Antichrist, who we now know clearly from all the identified marks and uh, and, uh, from men like Martin Luther, Calvin, Knox, Zwingli, uh, Tyndale, etc., all of them and a host of others. Yes. Um, clearly indicate from biblical scripture, this is the papacy, no doubt about it, it is the Antichrist. So look what he says here. So he goes and says they're going to make war, so a persecuting power. So notice already you have God's people under severe persecution. Yes. You go over here with me now to verse 25. He speaks great words against the Most High. This is blasphemy. He blasphemes the name of God with his uh, his uh, b- blasphemous titles that he takes upon himself and his his blasphemous um, uh, uh, claims that he has the power to forgive sins, etc. And so he speaks great words against the Most High. And notice the now, and shall wear out the saints of the Most. That's another way. It's an old English phrase. Yes. Wear out. It simply means to persecute. That's another way of putting it. He persecutes the saints. So now, now this is a prediction God makes relation to the saints. Now go to Revelation 12 now, all right? We're going to pick up the same history. We're going to pick up on the same exact history, but this is how he, he puts it in, in Revelation 12. Look what it says here in verse 6. Now the woman flees into the wilderness. This is verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a, pl- a place prepared of God. Now, I want to stop right there just a moment. Remind yes. our listeners. <clears throat> You know, today we live in a very uh, disturbing time when you have young people, especially. And although it's much, much more disturbing to me when I hear older people who should know their history, uh, perplexed over the idea of paying respect to people like Christopher Columbus uh, and other of, of the great explorers of the 15th century. Yeah, uh, and say, of course, uh, that while well, they weren't perfect men, they had flaws, therefore, you know, they've done things they shouldn't have done, and therefore we should not pay homage to them at all. Well, I never said they were perfect, and nor were they perfect in any way. However, we have to understand this. This world does not belong to man. Yes. God, <laughs> it belongs to the Lord. All of it is his. Uh, and and here it's very fascinating. If you understand divine providence in relation to world history, then you'll understand how you can understand, uh, 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 see and understand not just the rise and fall of the nations, but the rise and the fall of people or, or yes. men like, for example, Christopher Columbus. Notice he says the, the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. God is has a place prepared for the saints Amen. in these last days. He prepared North America, especially the Americans, but North America especially, for civil and religious liberty. And so they fled into the woods. Verse 14 says the same thing. And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle and that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place. Notice her place, a place where God had prepared. Yes, And so it was her place of refuge. And so where was this place? Look what it goes on to say in verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth uh, as a flood after the woman, and uh, that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood. And so now you have persecution, deception going after the woman. She's fleeing, right? And then look at verse 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. 
So what do we have? Right at the nick of time, a place that God had prepared, God had prepared on this earth a place, and it's of the earth helped the woman. What Amen. is that place? What is that place? You go over to Revelation 13, verse 11. I behold another beast coming up out of the earth. Here you have the United States of America, a land of liberty that God was going to preserve and protect and defend to the very end so that God's people all over the world, if they so yes. wish, could come here and find civil and religious liberty. So why did they want America to be a land of civil and religious liberty? Because they had learned from their forefathers what had gone before. People often don't understand the American Revolution. Yes. They seem to think that it was over taxes. Well, that's one of the reasons in which they were willing to stand up and defend their rights. However, however, uh, most people are fully uh, not aware of the fact that in 1774, um, you know, England imposed a series of taxes yes. that were very uh, serious. And one of the is issues they had contended over was, um, uh, by the way, just as a footnote on this, let me go in before I go any further. Remember, in the 1750s and 60s, uh, there was a war between the French and the and the English. It was the, the Seven Year War, the French Indian War, um, and uh, and England, of course, at that time, with the help of the American colonies, uh, beat the French in North America, yes. thus giving uh, British control of Canada, um, and so Canada became the fourteenth colony. And so, when you look at that, and you start to realize. What had happened in, in 1774, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say, why the American uh, colonies said we are going to go to war over this. And that was the Quebec Act of 1774, yes. which basically was going to make uh, Canada and the Catholic um, um, religion uh, pretty much the established religion of North America. It was going to pave the way. And if you read the writings of men like Sam Adams um, and uh, and uh, Alexander Hamilton and others of the founding fathers in 1774, they all tell you that uh, that uh, that this is this is beyond the pale of taxation. That this is a direct threat to our religious heritage. And they knew right then and there. That there's only one way now they're going to have to def uh, 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 protect their civil and religious yes. liberties, and that is to, to fight. And, and so th from that point, they said, no, we are going to declare our independence shortly thereafter. They did. And so this is why people see here. Here's the John. Here's the big problem nice. we have today in society. We don't know our history. Yes, we don't know our history. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, you and I have for many a year have sat down for hours upon hours and just talked history yes. and just talked it among just as a, as a, you know, <laughs> we weren't just trying to, you know, show off what we know. We were just, we just enjoy talking about it because we understand the importance of history. History yes. isn't just some uh, some vague, insignificant event that occurred in the past in order that it might be relegated to, to the memory of yesterday. It's supposed to be there so that we who live in the present might not repeat the mistakes of the past so that our future will be a brighter day. Yes. Sadly, sadly, because we have forgotten our past. Our future is darker and, and, and grimmer because, dear friends, I'm warning you, we're repeating the same mistakes.
Yes. And we're going down a dark, dark avenue. Yes. You see, this, this is Elder Ricardo was sharing. The Bible reveals how the hand of God through history has sought to preserve his truth and his people. And he shared, and as simply as he can, through the scriptures, plus given historical evidence, that that's what the Bible teaches. It's a history book, and it shows how the Lord had foresaw how his people would be persecuted, and he had opened the way for them to go to America and there to keep that torch of civil and religious liberty, freedom free, the freedom that God has given to man. And so that's all that I can really say. And, you know, that's all that Elder DiCarlo can really say from that. It's there, and we've got to learn the lessons. You've got to think, and I'll just say this finally, as I always say to people when we're having Bible studies, to think and ask God to reveal to you what he's trying to teach you, what the underlying lesson is when you're studying Scripture. You see, don't just, just read the Bible text and then just look at the words and alone. There's a, there's a reason, there's a principle behind what God's seeking to teach. And through history, the Lord is showing this great controversy between truth and error, how Satan and, and his followers have tried their best to wipe out the Word of God and wipe out the truth from this planet. But Christ through his eternal power and the Godhead as a whole, they've preserved the truth because nothing can be against the truth but for the truth, in essence. So this is what Elder Ricardo has given us, why he's given us a sweep through history, to help us to understand the fundamental concept behind this all. You see, it's God's history, really, and he's, he's um, just making this plain to us today. So, well, time is moving on. As Elder Ricardo has said, that we can talk about this for hours, but we've only got short time here to lay this out this evening. So, Elder Ricardo, will America always be true to its founding principles? Well, I tell you what, once again, well, let's go to the word of the Lord. Revelation chapter 13. Let's look yes. here now, verse 11 and 12. We're going to look at the... Uh, description of what God says, and, and then we'll talk about this. It says this in verse 11, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Very interesting. I want you yes. to notice the language there, spake as a dragon. Remember what I said before in Revelation chapter 12, you find that Satan is symbolized as a dragon and a serpent. So yes. it starts off with Satan as a dragon, then he transforms into a serpent, then he ends up as a dragon again. And so a dragon symbolizes persecution. A serpent symbolizes deception. Yes. So here we now know, according to the Holy Scriptures, America that starts off like a lamb and very peaceful, loving, civil, religious liberties, and then speaks as a dragon. It speaks through its legislative means. In other words, the legislative body through the laws in yes. which it enacts. And it's not just federal. Um, it's state and county. Um, you know, it's a three level tier and it's not just even that really, I guess you go down to even to the town councils and yes. uh, city councils and things of this nature. However, though, I want you to see that the spirit, the spirit of America is, is, is quickly disappearing and eventually it will reach to the point where it no longer exists. But look what it goes on to say now in verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. Now, this is it's one thing for you to legislate something. It's another thing for you to enforce what you just yes. legislated. And so they're not just going to legislate tyrannical laws. They're going to enforce them as well. 
So Goethe goes on to say now, and he, he, so he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causeth, that word there is very strong, means yes. to compel against one's will, to force you to do it, to cause the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And so according to scripture, America is going to repudiate its constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, meaning yes. the embodiment of the spirit that that is within those three Protestant documents. It's going to repudiate the very principles of those Protestant documents that uphold the inalienable rights of all mankind to civil and religious liberty. And through legislative means, America will force people into the into the in, into a position where they're going to worship the Antichrist. Yes. And of course, look, I I can tell you now. Uh, and, and, you know, people say to me, oh, that'll never happen, never happen. Well, I got news for you. For the last almost three years now, two and a half, three years now, I've been beating the drum over the warning of what has been happening to not only in America, but around the world regarding this COVID situation. Yes. And now, just now, people are starting to wake up to the realization they've been hoodwinked. And, uh, and, I'm, t and I'm telling you now, the Holy Bible does not lie. It's not a myth. It's not a mystery. Amen. It's not some fictitious uh, novel that, you know, this is reality. This is a book that is proclaiming what will be. Yes. Now, whether you like it or not, whether you whether you whether you believe it or not, is not relevant because I'm going to tell you this. It's going to come to pass. Now, it may yes. not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen a month or a year from now. But I can tell you this based on the signs of the times of Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 17, Luke 21 and various other signs throughout the epistles and even the Old Testament. It tells me one thing. Jesus Christ is coming soon. So whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. But I will tell you this. I have to simply tell you what God says. The day is coming when America is going to force you to worship the Antichrist through Sunday legislation. And you better wake up to the reality. America isn't beginning to speak as a dragon. She's already been speaking, and it has been for quite some time. Now, I know I'm getting ahead of the fifth question, <laughs> but uh, I'm just telling you that uh, America will not always remain, sadly to say, a land of the free and home of the brave. Yes. Simple as that, <laughs> listeners. God's word has said it, and we believe it, and it's going to happen. So, Elder DiCarlo, as, as we round off this evening, when we're looking at this present day, I pray that the listeners will now make a study of history and that they will, they will be they will be able to trace the hand of God and the pen of God through the Scripture to today. Amen. And ask themselves, when did modern America come into being? Mm, mm. Well, you know, look, you know, it's, it's I said, you know, look, this this didn't all of a sudden happen. I mean, let's be honest and f fair in the assessment yes. of these things. I mean, this took time. The America we see today is not the America of yesterday. And, and what I mean by that is when you look at what our founding fathers stood for yes. here in America, the colonial fathers. Uh, and, and again, I go back and hearken to the days of old England. I mean, uh, the very the very core essence of um, of the uh, Declaration of Independence, uh, the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, um, 
people don't realize uh, those are those ideas our founding fathers just didn't create a thin air. Yes, I mean they came from old England. The concepts, the ideas from the Whig uh, politicians and the Whig historians and and uh, and uh, you know the age of uh, of of understanding and learning these things. So, uh, but that that generation. Uh, the spirit of America. That now it lives in my heart, and it lives in the heart of many people. I know it lives in your heart as well, John. Yes. See the spirit that we're talking about—the spirit of of the inalienable rights of all mankind, the spirit of liberty, civil liberty, religious liberty, liberty of conscience. Yes. That's not the that's that's not um, exclusive to America. It's the spirit of humanity that God put in us. It's in other oh, words. No. It was the true spirit of the gospel. This is what see that when when you preach the gospel and someone is converted, they are free. Amen. And they they get this beautiful feeling, this gift, this wonderful joy of knowing I'm free. And uh, that spirit of freedom is the spirit that the, our founding uh, fathers in America believed in. Yes. Now, sadly today. Today we don't have that. Uh, now I'm not saying there aren't, uh, you know, some uh, in government, whether it be local or state or federal, uh, who don't, you know, who who don't believe it. I'm not saying I, I I'm I'm sure there are, but uh, unfortunately there's not enough of them because it's very evident uh, based on the direction America's headed. Um, and so it was a gradual change, generation yes. after generation. There's a very interesting book written by a, a minister by the name of Joe Cruz. He's since passed away, and it's called Creeping Compromise, a very fascinating yes. concept uh, about the book. In other words, if you look at the, the, the overall uh, uh, thrust of what uh, Pastor Cruz was saying is, is that you know when you fall into apostasy, you don't just fall into apostasy. You gradually develop a toleration and and slowly compromise along the way until you reach that point. Yes. And so so in the last 200 plus years John we have slowly compromised and capitulated and from one presidential administration to another we have uh lowered the standard until yes. now uh, frankly my opinion America is a laughing stock. I'm going to be very honest with our listeners. I, I actually and I'm an American and I love my country. However, I think America today is a laughing stock. I mean, I, I, uh, I would, if I was a foreigner looking at, an, you know, from the outside looking at America, I would be scratching my head with utter disbelief, thinking, "What in the world has happened to the United States?" Yes. Because it's getting to a point now; it's almost unrecognizable in some areas. John, you can go to certain places in the United States, yes. and you would swear you're not in the United States. What? It's that bad. Yes. So, how did it happen over a period of time? And 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 again, I don't have the, the. There are many books, by the way, you can do research on this. Who talk about the decline of America and the decline of the West? And I mean, it's it. And really, what it stems from, John, I will say this to our listeners: yes. it stems from the capitulation of Protestant Christianity. Amen. Yes. Well, that's it. Simple as that, listeners. Simple as that. Well, we're going to have a break with some music and we'll come back with some closing thoughts.
much pain inside. I try to find somehow the way the love that brings great peace of mind. Christ brought hope with gentleness. He took my pain away. He came to stay within my heart and mind. God makes my day so fine. I see the summer rain, sunshine that paints pretty rainbows. Hard times I've been through, good times I've come to, and I'll be a true reflection now. Of God's love, God's creation makes us wise. The trees, the sunset, starlight in the skies, nature's in harmony. Just watch a baby smile. Jesus, thanks for loving me. Please help me now to live with more honesty. You've taught me who love is, for you have set me free. Sunshine that paints pretty rainbows. Hard times I've been through, good times I've come to, and I'll be a true reflection now. The wonder of God's love. Sunshine that paints pretty rainbows. Hard times I've been through, good times I've come to, and I'll be a true reflection now. The wonder of God's love. The wonder of God's love. The wonder of God's America.
Why is it a symbol of civil and religious liberty? Are the Ricardo closing thoughts for this evening, please? Well, I think in the light of what we've been discussing today in relation uh, to last week's as well, I think it's imperative that each one of us understand what it is that God is trying to convey to us uh, in these writings that we've been discussing, Revelation 12, Revelation chapter 13, uh, Daniel 7, and so forth. When we look at these chapters, particularly in the light of religious uh, liberty, civil liberty, liberty of conscience, it's imperative that we know what it is that that, that he says. And then we need to ask ourselves, what does history convey? How can we understand both uh, what God is 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 telling us in relation to what has been written so that we can learn from these things, so that we can avoid the pitfalls, and that we can be some means by which to help others along the way so that they, uh, that they too may understand um, these things. Look, we have a moral responsibility, first and foremost, obviously to ourselves. We've got to be able to uh, I mean, we're not good to, to anyone else and, and unless we're right with the Lord. So we have to get our house in order. But uh, then then from that point forward, you, you have a moral responsibility to help anyone you can along the way. So I would encourage everyone, please study your history, study the prophecies uh, of uh, Daniel Revelation, and really come to grips with this concept of civil uh, uh, liberty, religious liberty, as well as liberty of conscience, and understand them in the light of the, the, the issues we're facing today. Uh, and I can tell you this, no matter what happens, uh, God will lead you along the, uh, along the way, and he'll help you in no matter what circumstance you may find yourself in. may be challenging, may be difficult, but God will always be there for you. And so I want to encourage our listeners um, you know, uh, really uh, stay close to the Lord and, and study, study, study. Amen. Elder DiCarlo, should we have a closing word of prayer this evening? Yes. Our Father in heaven, once again, we count it a privilege that we can come together to discuss these very important issues uh, relating to civil and religious liberty and liberty of conscience, particularly in the light of the United States. And I know, Lord, that you have everything in, in your hands. The world is yours. The people, the inhabitants, and all the things that you have created are yours. And God, I pray that you'll grant us uh, more time, not to, so that we can be silly and, and frivolous in our, in, in our behavior, but rather more time in order that we may um, be not only ready, but help others along the way. Oh, Lord, grant us mercy and forgiveness. And pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. So bless John, bless myself, our families, bless the radio listeners. And we thank you for everything you've ever done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Elder Ricardo, thank you for joining us this evening on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free tract called The Author of Liberty. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section and find the title Bible Readings for the Home. 
between chapters 97 to 99, you'll find the subjects, the author of liberty, the powers that be, and union of church and state. These chapters will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash i for india n for november dash t h for hotel e for echo dash wilderness dot podcast page dot i o forward slash on next week's show we will discuss the question will there ever be peace on earth well that's it for tonight's show until next week good night and god bless Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.